0: I'll be doing a, a speech, so no heckling. Right. I've got a joke you can use. Well, you don't usually do jokes, We're so gone. All right, it's Christmas dinner. Royal family having a Christmas dinner. Camilla Parker Bowles goes, OK, we'll play 20 questions. I'll think of something. You have to ask me questions, and guess what it is. So what she's thinking is a black man's cock. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Trust Camilla. <laughs> Not racist, is it? Yes. No, no. um, so Prince Philip goes, is it big in the bread bin? Mm. She goes, yeah. Prince Charles goes, is it something I can put in my mouth?" She goes, yeah. Queen goes, is it a black man's cock? (laughs) She's guessed it from those clues. (laughs) Oh God, that's the sort of stuff I write. I mean, you didn't write it, you just told it, but you know, well done. This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation.
1: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. one of your hosts, D. E. Simon. And
2: I'm Wackerly.
1: <laughs> Very Johnny Carson. Yeah. Or Ed McMahon, I guess. Right. How's it going there, Wackerly? How was the uh, weekend?
2: It was pretty good. Uh, saw you do some... Uh I'm gonna, DJ scratching and a mixing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna coin a term. I'm gonna say that you were
1: spinning. I was because they were actually
2: spinning record albums. Have you ever? That's a good one, right?
1: Well, you know, I was spinning record albums, but virtually. The reason being is I just got this new DJ software, Serato, which is kind of known throughout the DJ community as being. The DJ software of choice.
2: You're big time now?
1: I'm big time. But no, it, what it actually does is it has real vinyl records, but you're spinning mp three. So I wasn't mm. actually spinning a real vinyl. Right. So I was a virtual DJ. So in it's sense. not
2: apparent to the ladies in the audience that you are, in fact, just a computer dork?
1: Yeah, the ladies had no idea. <laughs> and seriously, their panties were just as wet as, you know, as it would have been had I been spinning a real vinyl. But it was good. I mean, I hadn't spun like that in a club probably in about a year. It was just kind of funny to me, though, because they told me I was going to be on from 10 to 12, and I ended up just being on for like an hour. And my sister and her boyfriend, Jer, who was, it, was his, it was his birthday, I mean, they just got there, and they're just, just getting into it, just getting wasted. Shenanigans were about to ensue, and then I'm off.
2: The DJ that came on after you did, had a per- did have a pretty magnificent beard, <laughs> I oh, yeah, have to say. That,
1: yeah, that guy looked like just a bear. Yeah. Could have been hanging out at my brother's bar, but he was really good, though. She was way better than I am. Uh, well, after you got off the stage, I just left. <laughs> well, dude, that guy had his own go-go dancer. If a That's DJ true. has his own go-go dancer, he's good. She he's had huge good.
2: shoes on, and she was standing on a stool. She wasn't in an actual cage, and I just kept wishing she would fall off and injure somebody because she had these, like— Yeah, but she one had smashing
1: like, pumpkins. I think she would have bounced off those breasts, and I think it would have been like a safety cushion
2: you could be right is that why they have big tits go-go dancers
1: yeah, it could be I, I, I don't know I think it's a to attract the male eye <laughs> pay attention to the, so you don't look at the DJ who looks yeah. like a big mountain man
2: to engorge the chodes in the audience
1: but yeah so you just kind of took off were you that wasted that night
2: I wasn't keep saying this I didn't just take off I told a couple people that we were with that I you left you didn't say
1: goodbye to me yeah
2: I didn't walk around and bid farewell and adieu to everyone <laughs> that I knew in the fucking club take care Oh, I I'm off
1: for the evening shaking hands. I just wanted to say, I really enjoyed the night with you, D-Simon. I thought you pulled, like, I'm wasted, I'm gonna pull a Houdini, and wasted. then, like, in one second, everyone's like, where's Wackerly? I don't know. He's gone. Poof. So the two girls that I told, that I that I
2: did tell I was leaving, they didn't, like, say, oh, he just left, you know, he said goodbye to everybody. Well, I think eventually we yeah, figured it out. right.
1: Yeah, I ended up drinking a lot that evening. I, I, I don't even know, I, I kind of lost track after, like, the fifth Vodka Red Bull, because I think Vodka Red Bull just enables you to drink even more.
2: Yeah, the caffeine. And at
1: that point, I just switched to beer, and so yeah, I was just really wasted. The next morning, hung up with a hung. I just woke up with just a wicked hangover. I, I remember I I was trying to to cajole these two chicks to come back to my apartment, saying I had a alcohol. I remember like because I was at that point where I didn't even really take an inventory of how much alcohol I actually had in my house. <laughs> I was just kind of like, yeah, after party at my place.
0: You're two bluffing, girls. Is oh, what yeah. you're saying.
1: But you know, it's a good what thing. What
2: happens when you bluff and they get back here? And yeah, and they like, see that I
1: have half a M- can of MGD and yeah. like I think I had maybe a quarter, G- a fifth of Jim Beam. Is that
2: is that the point where you just take your pants off and you're just like, well, surprise?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know. Well, it was a moot point anyways because they weren't going anywhere with me. So yeah, I just ended up. Uh, Coming home, passing out, waking up, being incredibly hungover on Sunday. Did you drink
2: a half a can of MGD before you went to bed?
1: Yes, I did. (laughs) 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 Gotta keep
2: the party going, man. You gotta
1: keep the party going, even if it's by yourself. (laughs) So I woke up the next morning really rather hungover, but I actually did something on Sunday. Because you know how usually you wake up the next day, you're totally hungover, you don't want to do anything, you just end up sitting around watching TV the whole day?
2: Yeah, I know that. I know that well.
1: (laughs) I actually was like, you know what, I read about this book that I wanted to buy and i walked over to h street and bought the book
2: what what book would possess you to leave your apartment in this hungover non-sexed up state
1: well i jerked off that morning um, so I, that I, I, yeah, i had that taken care of okay. uh, napoleon's privates 2500 years of history unzipped by tony perottent i actually I, I the book was recommended to me by penthouse magazine <laughs> That's where I get all my book recommendations now.
2: Now, is this a new penthouse or one of the like 30-year-old penthouses you have from the 80s?
1: No, 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 no not that collection. <laughs> I haven't gone there for a while. The bushes are too big. <laughs> but no, uh, this is uh, you know one of the penthouses I recently worked on at the old uh, porn factory where I work. And so I was reading this one, and they have book excerpts. Like, penthouses change. It's not just like the nasty men's magazine it used to be. It's like now they well, have— Well, who requested
2: you know, that change? <laughs>
1: Well, no. I mean, they still have uh, you know graphic pictorials, but now they have you know book reviews and music reviews, even video game reviews. And it. right. it's, it's like they're trying to appeal to the maximum audience. Yeah. So anyway, so this is
2: the kind of book nasty masturbators would be into.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. You know the uh, the, the the guys are like the really hairy palms. that right. Just kind of read that magazine. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, so yes, you know, this is this is where I get all my book recommendations. You know, fuck the New Yorker, I don't need that. So
2: what's it you called? I don't need vanity Napoleon's Fair. parts. It's
1: called Napoleon's Privates. Twenty five hundred years of history unzipped, and it's about basically like celebrity memorabilia. It's like memor- It's a whole collection about memorabilia that's been collected from deceased icons of history. Memorabilia. Well, <laughs> more or less, actually. But, uh, it, you know, it'd blow your mind that how many, how many artifacts, relics are left over from all these famous people. And now, I mean, it, you know, people buy this crap on eBay, you know, like Muhammad Ali's boxer shorts or, you know, Marilyn Monroe's bra or something.
2: Okay, yeah. You no, know, that, right. that
1: that shit goes for a lot of money. So, anyway, this, this book is kind of go, delves into even the, the obscura. Like, these are like, uh, you know, famous deceased icons. And they're talking about, you know, different body parts that have been, uh, you know, as legend has it. Have been kept through preserved through the centuries, and that what people own, what, like in
2: pickle jars,
1: and pickle jars dried up. So, so the uh, the namesake of the book here it's it's about Napoleon, Napoleon's privates, and so apparently there's a dude in New York City who um, owned Napoleon's penis,
2: owned as in
1: past tense. Well, he uh, just recently died. Now okay. his children own it, so they—they they were, <laughs> Great. yeah. Great. Um, he kept the Napoleonic Prize in his home in Englewood, New Jersey, in a suitcase under his bed, which is just kind of—you know—you think about that. It's like you know Napoleon, you know one of the you know, greatest military leaders, was he? Sure, yeah, you know? yeah, greatest it's military
2: like, leader of all time, maybe.
1: And where does his up, penis up the end running. up? In a suitcase in New Jersey. Yeah, underneath the guy's off? bed.
2: I mean, is this, is this an exhaustive research, or do they kind of leave you guessing? I mean, do they say how Napoleon's yeah, no, actually penis he does, came to be cut off?
1: Uh, that's why I like the book, and maybe uh, we'll put a link to it or something. But he goes into such detail. So, so what happened here with Napoleon's penis, to the horror of the French government, and the French government still refused to accept the fact that this is his penis, even though they've done DNA testing on it. Um, DNA testing.
2: Yeah, well, can't they just like open up the coffin and be like look at his thatch? Well, it, well, <laughs> no, his he, pants? he is. He,
1: well, they refuse to uh, to exhume the corpse. Oh, so they just deny the authenticity outright because the French are just you know stubborn people. Yeah, I've heard um, that. So to the horror of the French government, which refuses to accept its authenticity, the penis of Emperor Napoleon has drifted around Europe and the United States since his death in exile in 1821. It's dried out like beef jerky and kept in a leather presentation box adorned with a golden embossed crown. Um, according to the, uh, its 19th century owner, the organ was illegally removed during Napoleon's autopsy by his uh, vindictive physician, Dr. Francesco Antomarchi. It was smuggled back to France by a corrupt and greedy chaplain named Abbe Vignali. And I guess it was kept in this like Vignali collection for years. Uh,
2: a of collection of famous people's penises?
1: You know, I don't know if it's all just famous people's <laughs> organs, yeah. but uh, yeah, they definitely had a, obviously wealthy people who collected uh, different artifacts. An unknown British purchaser passed the collection onto a London company in uh, 1924, and uh, apparently this guy, um, a flamboyant American, ended up buying it for 400 pounds in 1924.
2: Flamboyant. And, Is yeah. that code for gay?
1: I imagine it's kind of code for being a little gay. Doesn't it? Dave? When, when you describe someone as flamboyant, it's I would like not it.
2: like to be categorized as flamboyant. As flamboyant, <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, apparently here, um, A.S.W. Rosenbach, the guy's so rich he doesn't even have a first name, right? Just an acronym, just initials, just initials. And uh, in, in his home in Philadelphia, he boasted loudly of uh, Napoleon's, you know, the relic's scandalous nature, and he showed it off at dinner parties. Apparently, it was eventually sold back to the Vignali's, and then they had another auction for it. And there the penis was snapped up for 13,000 francs, $2,900, by a Columbia University professor, Dr. John K. Latimer, who was uh, one of America's leading urologists.
2: That sounds kind of like a bargain, if it's really
1: three Napoleon's grand, dude. penis. And, and, you know, this was, like, snapped up in 1978. So, you know, you'd think it'd be worth a little bit more then. Yeah. Um... Dude, I would buy that for three
2: grand. But three grand and seventy-eight would be like, you know, thirty grand today. Yeah, I guess. If you, more uh, or less. If you uh, consider inflation. That sounds here. more correct to me.
1: So he kept this uh this, as I said before, the uh, Napoleonic prize in his home in Englewood, New Jersey, in a suitcase under his bed. I guess he died in two thousand seven and his children came across the relic and uh, had it appraised. And they said the organ is certainly small shrunken to the size of a baby's finger with white, shriveled skin and desiccated beige flesh. (laughs) At present, we can only say that it's not impossible that the item is authentic. Uh, Latimer had the object x-rayed at Columbia and found that it is definitely a penis. Its ownership, however, is unproven and the French remain disdainful. Uh, The French refused to uh, consider opening the coffin for DNA testing, so I guess we might never know.
2: Can't they just do, like, cat scan the thing? (laughs)
1: But how could you tell, though, if it really belonged to Napoleon? I mean, you could you'd have to unearth his corpse.
2: No, but you could cat-scan the casket without opening it up. That's what I'm saying.
1: But, I mean, what are you going to tell? It's just a skeleton, though. You're not going to be able to see if there's, like, a missing member.
2: There will be skin still on it, probably, and uh, if, if it's in, like, an airtight vault, and, um, you know, you would see the torn skin <laughs> around the crotchal region.
1: Well, I was kind of surprised. You know, Napoleon was a short guy, so... Don't are most short guys tend to be don't they don't they tend to be well hung?
2: That's not what I've heard.
1: No? no short guys tend you, to have shorter members? Did, have you
2: heard this in your short person's club that you hang out in? On <laughs> well, in my Thursdays. mind, I feel like as a short guy... <laughs> in in proportion to the rest of your small body, exactly. it probably looks big, but that doesn't mean it's really big. But dude, I mean, if you think normal about it... Uh, normal-sized persons. Over penile. the
1: years, it does tend to shrink. But I guess it was... They did say it was small to begin with. But the size of a baby's finger, God, that just sounds harsh.
2: Well, it, it's like, you know... Cut your own penis off and put it in a meat dehydrator it's going to get smaller
1: for like a hundred years, yeah yeah
2: well, no, the meat dehydrator I think simulates the passage of time <laughs> look at the you know look at the mummies from the the uh, pyramids they're really small things uh, I well, don 't think that people are that small in real life. they just tr- when all your skin
1: shrinks down, you look pretty small. It just surprises me though that someone would actually i mean I guess you know I, I tend to like artifacts and. Strange relics like that But I mean You wouldn't just,
2: pick Napoleon's penis Is that what you're gonna say?
1: You know I, For three grand I probably would've bought it But I mean it, The thing is No one I mean if you see it Wouldn't you automatically Be skeptical And you're like That's not his dick Right It's not you recognizable know, It looks like, a, it looks like a Slim Jim Or actually a little portion Of a Slim Jim
2: Well even if you I mean it says They've proved it's a penis And even if you believe It's a penis how do you, It could be anybody's penis Because it's not like Napoleon was known For being painted With his pants open
1: Exactly. And the French being unwilling to have it tested. So I guess it'll never be found out. Right. So the, the book goes on to have uh, several other celebrity body parts that are currently circulating throughout our society here. Jesus Christ foreskin. Now, I find that one kind of hard to believe.
2: We've talked about that before.
1: Well, but if part- someone owns his foreskin.
2: We've talked about uh, Jesus' foreskin before, I swear to God. Maybe not on the podcast, but maybe just between you and myself. Because any oh, part- wait, wait, that
1: dream you were having a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it's right in my mouth.
2: Um, but any part of Jesus has like healing, magical healing powers. It's like a lucky charm. <laughs> do you think
1: someone wears it like a ring? Yeah, and people kiss the ring. A power and, like, ring?
2: And they like cure
1: colds or something. Well, so baby Jesus was circumcised eight days after his birth, according to Jewish tradition. Yeah, I love how they do that. Got to have ten percent off of everything, don't they? Oh, uh, when Jesus ascended, yeah. I don't think people got that joke. So I have to reiterate I know, okay, the Jesus goes Jews over people's heads. Need
2: ten percent off of everything.
1: Uh, when Jesus ascended to heaven after his death in 33 A.D., Christians claim that the sacred foreskin was left behind. I don't understand how, so the whole body was gone, but the foreskin was left.
2: You're thinking that when he was beamed up by the Mr. Scott in the sky <laughs> that the, pe- the foreskin would also have been beamed Well, what up? I don't understand— they cut the foreskin off when he was a baby.
1: Yeah, so did he keep the foreskin with him for 33 years? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't know. I wouldn't
2: think so. Maybe he, maybe he tried to have it reattached, like those foreskin replacement people.
1: Well, Christians believe a lot of unbelievable things. Mm-hmm. So apparently this magical foreskin was left behind, passed on to Mary Magdalene, and then eventually to John the Baptist— Uh, Apparently, it was uh, wandering around throughout the Middle Ages. Eight different towns in Europe claimed to have the divine foreskin. The Vatican's officially recognized version in Rome was stolen by a soldier in 1557, (laughs) but it ended up in a town called Calcutta, which is also, uh, I guess, somewhat near the Vatican. In 1983, a Calcutta parish priest declares that the foreskin, which he had been keeping in a cardboard box in his bedroom, had been stolen. So it'd been... he was
2: putting it in his mouth, and he accidentally swallowed it. That's I
1: mean. <laughs> Italian conspiracy theorists blame the Vatican, Mafia, neo Nazis, and or Satanists. You know the Da Vinci Chode. Uh huh. You know, I think they're looking. For? I think it would have been a. I think really that's what that movie should be about. Yeah. Or maybe make a porno version, Da Vinci Chode, where they're actually trying to find the sacred divine foreskin. Yeah.
2: So you know, um, Jesus loves me, but I only kind of like him, so it's kind of awkward. <laughs> It's an awkward relationship.
1: So apparently, someone owned Galileo's finger. Actually, someone still owns Galileo's finger. In 1737, 95 <laughs> years after his death, the middle digit was removed by an Italian admirer named Anton Francesco Gori.
2: Are we still talking about Jesus? No,
1: this is Galileo. Oh. <laughs> Keep with it. Are you, so, how much are you drinking over there, Wackerly? I'm
2: <laughs> on my first beer. <laughs> I'm just not listening. <laughs>
1: Galileo's Never middle finger make middle finger that's what we're
2: talking about <laughs> so
1: Galileo's body was disinterred yeah. in uh, in Padua for reburial in a grand tomb and when it was disinterred uh, one of his Italian admirers just chopped off the middle digit I guess in 1841 it was put on display in a Florence library and then transferred to a local science museum
2: it just seems kind of retarded who cares
1: that they keep it I guess it's still on display I mean the story's and- interesting
2: but why would somebody think that this guy's finger is going to anybody's going to want to see it
1: because it's the finger revered for symbolically pointing the way from medieval ignorance to the modern scientific world. You're a scientist more or less. You should be into it. With his
2: middle digit? Does that mean middle finger or the middle part of his forefinger?
1: I think it was the middle digit. <laughs> the finger, the middle.
2: <laughs> Who points with their middle finger? Was that, was that big in Italy at the time?
1: I think basically Galileo is still giving the finger to everybody in Italy. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I think it was something like that. He was pissed about it. Well, uh, apparently someone also owns Einstein's brain, which is kind of strange. Um... Against Einstein's own wish that he be cremated, his brain was removed at autopsy within seven hours of his 1955 yeah, death people at cremate Princeton. cremate,
2: most of you. <laughs> Don't you worry, Albert.
1: It was taken by a pathologist Thomas Harvey in a mason jar. Harvey also removed Einstein's eyes and gave them to a friend, Einstein's eye it. specialist. Why would you eat Einstein's brain?
2: Be- to gain his intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Does that work? I don't know, but... uh, Didn't that happen in Heroes? What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) It doesn't work. The best that could happen is it does work. Tastes like chicken. I'm super smart now.
1: So the pathology soon dismissed by Princeton for refusing to hand over Einstein's brain. He took the brain to Wichita, Kansas, and then in 1997 drove cross country from Princeton to California to give the brain to Einstein's granddaughter. (laughs) I guess eventually she returned the brain to the University Medical Center at Princeton, where it now resides. The eyes reportedly are were kept in an optometrist drawer for 40 years. They're now in a safe deposit box in New York City.
2: Now, once again, are these in pickle jars with some type of formaldehyde solution? Is that? I mean, I think
1: he, he took the uh, brain and put it in. Soft uh, tissue lasted this long. I would buy Einstein's brain, though. That would be something that'd be kind of cool to have.
2: Uh, a brain. Don't you think (laughs) I'd rather get a brain for five bucks than pay $500 for Einstein's brain?
1: I think I'd actually find it kind of disquieting because you're just like, God, that brain is so much smarter than my own. That's why you eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently someone actually... Or just nibble a little bit off and like slowly you just eat the whole thing. Someone actually took JFK's brain, which kind of surprised me because I thought JFK's brain was splattered all over, you know, the... uh, with the, the road and Jackie O's dress, yeah, maybe that's what they're talking lapels.
2: about. Maybe it was like the Monica Lewinsky dress. Like I'm never washing this dress. again. I think
1: it was what was left of the brain.
3: It, it was this returned time.
1: to the Kennedy family after a 1963 autopsy. In '68, Congress ordered the brain returned for further study. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what they were studying with K- JFK's brain. I don't know. But the Kennedy they family give claims, to teddy. yeah, <laughs> the Kennedy family claims it was missing. Um, currently, he was it's... out
2: carousing with women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> currently, it was uh, evidently cremated by brother Robert to stop the brain from becoming public curiosity. Yeah. Uh, Rumors spread. Wasn't to stop
2: it from talking to him in sleep and <laughs> <laughs> the telltale brain.
1: Rumors spread that it was disposed of to hide evidence of second gunman frontal shots in Dallas or to hide signs of JFK syphilis. <laughs> Which syphilis uh, I might believe. I could actually kind of buy Not that. Not the second gunman, bang. dude. That dude, that dude, got around. I mean, think how many chicks that guy got to bang.
2: Millions.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude. It's. I wonder, like, people keep comparing Obama to JFK. Do you think Obama, as soon as he gets in the White House, is going to be like, yeah, you thought Bill Clinton was a philanderer
2: Do you think he's going to be like the Wilt Chamberlain of the White
1: House? He's going to be like a Barack Obama bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Who's the, Is Wilt Chamberlain who I'm thinking of? Who's the basketball player that had sex with, like,
1: 3,000 girls yeah. or something? Is that Wilt Chamberlain? Or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'm not sure. No, it's
2: not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
1: Maybe <laughs> he wasn't? I don't know.
2: You're always trying to compare Obama to the Muslims. I don't know why you keep doing that.
1: <laughs> so apparently someone actually even owned Abraham Lincoln's skull fragments. After he died from a head wound in 1865, there was a frenzy of souvenir hunting. Uh, locks of his hair was taken, his blood-stained <laughs> collar, his suit cuffs, pieces of hotel towel dipped into his blood were removed.
2: What about his uh, signature top hat? Who got that? Yeah Mary had, Todd? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like That would have been one of the first I'm things keeping I would the have hat taken. In <laughs> this hat is mine. Uh, surgeons kept Surgeons actually Kept pieces of his Shattered skull That were removed In treatment And later autopsy uh, The relics were passed on By family members Soon sought by Private collectors At auction Apparently there are Skull fragments Locks of hair And are still on display At the National Museum Of Health and Medicine In Washington D.C.
2: I would rather have Abraham Lincoln's femur
1: why, why his femur? Because
2: he was a very tall man. You'd, you could show up to people and you'd like look how tall Abraham Lincoln was.
1: How tall was he? Like 6'5"? Yeah, something like that. That's pretty tall. And then he had the top man. hat
2: on, which just made him gigantic.
1: I wouldn't mind having his beard. You <laughs> can put it on. <laughs> just got to put it on every now and then. Go out to the bar. So this kind of surprised me. Someone actually, at one point, owned Rasputin's line and tackle. Uh, Rasputin apparently had an Elephantine member. Which kind of surprises me. I never would have really thought about that, but uh, no.
2: But that's the whole thing. He's supposed to be this uh, fantastic lover, right? You Rasputin? Heard that? Yeah, that. no. I never.
1: I think he was a magician, what? so I think it was kind of like a, uh, a you know like one of those optical illusions,
2: <laughs> like when you pull all the scarves out of your sleeve and they just yeah. keep coming, just, it's like just like just the dick as... keeps looking bigger and bigger.
1: <laughs> but but at the same time, I wish my member was described as elephantine. Isn't that kind of? It's just a cool term. I think. I don't know. I think I usually the adjective I would get would be more like dwarf fish, maybe. Chewed <laughs> white Roll. <laughs> Rodent-like? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs>
2: Hamster-esque.
1: So apparently his uh, member was trimmed from the Mad Monk after his 1916 murder by jealous Russian aristocrats. According to rumor, it was discovered by palace maid at the murder site. It turned up in Paris five years later, worshipped as a fertility symbol yeah. by female white Russians. Now, the aristocrats ceremonies. were jealous because he was fucking all their wives. That's the point. Is that why they ended up murdering him? Yeah,
2: no. He like had sex with all the uh, court of uh, whatever, Moscow or whatever it was back then.
1: So it, the, the penis was claimed by his daughter in California until her death in 1977, which is also a little weird. I don't
2: understand how these organs are lasting so long.
1: Well, I, I guess they claim that the trail was somewhat elusive because one item that was bought at auction turned out to be a dried sea cucumber and not <laughs> Rasputin's 11.8-inch organ.
2: It was 11.8
1: inches. 11.8 inches. How, how, like how hung is Ron Jeremy? What's he at? I don't know. I don't try not to look at his cock. John Holmes. <laughs> what are you looking at his ass? But even those guys, <laughs>
2: they're, they're maybe 12 inches when they're erect. But I mean, this guy's been dead for, I think maybe it's swell up in the pickle juice.
1: I, you know, I think this might have been pickled. So uh, apparently there's an 11.8-inch organ currently on display in the Russian Museum of Erotica in St. Petersburg. It's in a formaldehyde jar. Owner claims to have bought it from an unnamed French collector for eight grand. The authenticity is seriously in doubt since early descriptions of relics said it had been dried out, not pickled. <laughs> and so uh, finally here, the last uh, artifact that I'm going to talk about is people actually uh, claim that that uh, in Chicago, someone had purchased John Dillinger's penis.
2: There's a big market for people's penises, apparently. I know, I ap- apparently. I about- didn't even
1: think about that. So after his death in 1934, an FBI ambush outside Chicago, um, Dillinger's corpse, uh, photographs of Dillinger's corpse beneath a sheet suggest an unusually large and erect organ. <laughs> which is kind of strange, because I didn't think your dick stayed hard after you died.
2: Uh, well, there's rigor mortis, right? Yeah, but I
1: find that disconcerting. So I mean, (laughs) a
2: corpse with a big cock.
1: Yeah, but I I don't want my member hard at that point. It could be it could be misused. Um, legend says J. Edgar Hoover purloined the penis and kept it in a jar. Then he donated it to the Smithsonian Institution in D.C. J.
2: Edgar Hoover was a pervert.
1: Yeah, didn't he cross dress? I think he cross dressed and uh, collected. Didn't he have like penises? Yeah, didn't he have like the top uh, ten most wanted cocks like in the country. <laughs> <laughs> so currently, I guess they claim that hippie protesters in the 1960s entered the Smithsonian demanding to see Dillinger's organ, but they were greeted with blank stares. Evidently, the 1934 photograph of it was his the cock, dead man. boner, uh, Dillinger's—it was actually Dillinger's arm. It was stiff from rigor mortis. It lifted the sheet to give the impression of a monster penis. Okay. So uh, you don't really know if that uh, actually was his penis. I, I haven't actually finished have one reading more that you did get, get to. <laughs> Which one do you have? Um, collector
2: Joseph Schmabel out of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, has Dumbo's cock that is described as Rasputin-esque. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Someone actually owns Dumbo's dick? Yeah, and it's Rasputin-esque. <laughs> was Dumbo in a real elephant? I don't know. You had me going for about two seconds there. So, <laughs> Wackerly, the point of this whole this whole thing – I haven't read the rest of the book yet. I'm going to read it eventually. But the point of this whole thing is what body part of a famous deceased celebrity icon would you like to possess? If you, if you had to choose, you could get anything you wanted, and it was free, what would you want?
2: Well, my whole thing is it, it needs to be something recognizable. So all these people that are collecting cocks, it's like – I guess the really big one. DNA?
1: What I mean? With Rasputin's, con, could you take the DNA?
2: No, because you don't have Rasputin's DNA because they didn't
1: do He's DNA. He's buried it. somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, well,
2: I mean, but like. Okay, let's like... say you get
1: a certificate of authenticity with the penis that you purchase. <laughs> but
2: it's like uh, auth- authenticated by
1: Barclays or something. Yeah, or... it was notarized by, yeah, Barclays. <laughs>
2: Well, maybe, but I think I would rather just go with something like Mao's hair.
1: <laughs> German Mao's hair.
2: Yeah. Because <laughs> people would come to your apartment and you'd be like, Do you know what that is? And they'd be like, No, what is that? And you'd be like, think about it.
1: Maybe like Did he have kind of like the mo from the three stooges kind but of? But also
2: balding from the
1: front. I'm oh no balding better. from the okay, I so. I
2: have to believe that people would look at it and when you said think about it, think about what it is, they'd be like Is that Mao's hair?
1: (laughs) I I would look at that and think, Wackerly, nice (laughs) merkin.
2: Well, I can use it for whatever I want. Um, But now knowing after hearing all this stuff from you that the cocks are what bring the big money, I have to say Milton
1: Berle's dick. Milton Berle.
2: Uncle Milty
1: that that dude was hung.
2: How come you've never heard any of these urban myths that I know about? Well, I don't follow. Milton Berle was supposed to have a huge. I don't follow like
1: <laughs> septuagenarian <laughs> penis lore. I, I I don't follow that like Milton you do. Milton What about George Burns? Is he hung like a I don't like know anything ox? about George.
2: I don't think I think George Burns had a small dick because that's why he carried the cigar around to compensate. Oh, but okay. Milton Berle is like no, it was in his ears. Is legendary for having a huge cock, and you know he like fucked a bunch of those starlets, even though he looked sort of like. Matlock kind of eh? <laughs> yeah, sort of like Matlock. <laughs> I was gonna say like a female of the hut or something. Yeah, I think
1: Matlock gets lots of bitches though. Yeah, some. probably he does. Yeah, so I can see that. Do, do you know? Do you have any uh, stats on this dimensions? Look, I'll look it up. You to the <laughs> podcast. See, I would rather have Marilyn Monroe's preserved midsection. You know how like you can go to a porno boutique. That's what I call them these days. You go to the porn shop, and uh, you can buy just the midsection. There's no upper torso. Star? There's no lower torso. It's just basically a cross cut section of her midsection with a with two working holes. Right. I would the want that with Marilyn in the Monroe. Would be the holes. Yeah. So Marilyn Monroe, still fleshy, preserved midsection.
2: How would you preserve it? That's the problem. You had to figure out how to do that.
1: I don't know latex silicone. I'm not sure. But then you might inject, as well inject something have, in there.
2: Then you might as well just have a, a replica. A latex replica.
1: No, I want the real thing. <laughs> I, I would. I would come up with something. So
2: you would be using this for your own devices.
1: Yeah, uh, or just to display it, you know, prominently in my house. Yeah. Well,
2: you could make replicas of it and then sell them for big money. That's true. You know, she has a huge ass, by the way. I bet you she had <laughs> it's not massive. Your type of girl. I like
1: big asses. I, I bet you she had massive labia. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'm with you there. But I, we'll never dollars
1: know. to donuts we'll never on know. that. You think she was trimmed like a little, uh, a race, like airport no, landing huge bush,
2: strip? huge hanging labia? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I know about Tight that. Tight
2: little butthole.
1: <laughs> and uh, the I second thing I'd pooped. like to, if I'd like to own, if possible, Hitler's mustache. Yeah. Could you imagine the bragging rights on that, dude? You.
2: With Hitler's mustache, me with Mao's hair, we could go out to the bars. Tons of ass we'd be getting,
1: dude. You, I mean, skinheads from around the world. <laughs> would just you just hold that up and they'd all get down and bow. You charge Hitler's me. mustache. How
2: much would you charge?
1: I don't to, just to look at it or yeah to, to, come to in put and view, it on. To view. Oh, to put <laughs> it on. I mean, that's
2: that's like that's like uh, you know multi million. Yeah, that's that's for the millionaires to like. Have a weekend with the mustache. I, I
1: don't know. I'd put it on. Just like to- Sir Richard Branson <laughs> can pay you like a hundred grand. And I would put it on just to charm the ladies. Rent it for a party. Well, people check out the book, Napoleon's Privates, 2500 Years of History on Zip by Tony Perrottet. It's kind of an interesting read. You might dig it. And uh, maybe it's, it might inspire a forum posting about that. What, what deceased celebrity body part would you like to own?
2: Yeah, I just thought this stuff up you know, on short notice. I, yeah. I could probably think of some better things given time.
1: So, people, this is episode 137 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. And a quick recap from last week's show, Sick and Wrong episode 136. If you recall, I did a story about Joe Duncan, who is probably the worst babysitter that has ever existed. The devil's babysitter, no less. Wackerly did a story about bathing at the Burger King. Listeners sent in a story about mauling, mauled by puppies, a, a, a guy who almost died by by puppy. It's got to be like one of the cutest ways to go. Uh, you know, believe it or not, actually, I wasn't quite surprised by this. I, I won a landslide victory, dude. 102 votes. You came in. Uh, what was J- your story again? Joe Duncan, <laughs> the devil's babysitter. I came in with 102 votes. That? I can't
2: remember. He's bad babysitter?
1: Yeah, he, like, killed the old oh, right. kid. Took no him out to kid, the took him out to the cabin and all yeah, that. Listener came in second with 54. Wackily, came in distant third with 26. Sweet. Uh, you know, one of the people that did vote for you was Trucker Paul, and he wrote in the comment line, How could I vote for a Jew? <laughs> he's kind of funny. Plus,
2: he's worked in all those fast food restaurants, so he knows about the big uh, dishwashing station.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he was really listening to your story. I, just, I think he's just biased. You know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacklin and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. Present them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a, wa- a wild card with a listener submission. which You can send to and Wrong Podcast at hotmail.com. I don't know who started last week, but uh, Wacklin, you want to kick off 137?
2: Sure, I,
3: don't I think care. your
1: story might be better than mine.
2: Look at this picture, D.. Doesn't that like look like some guy from an Apple commercial
1: or something? Yeah, I know. That, that guy looks like someone you'd see in the in my IT department. <laughs> I
2: don't like PCs, bro. Yeah. Cuz I'm independent <laughs> and uh, the ladies kind of like me. <laughs> apparently not, actually. I like
1: graphic artwork, you know.
2: <laughs> he's got a smirk on his face. Uh, he's 31 years old. His name is Barton Bagnus. Uh, and he apparently he was arrested yesterday accused of showing a diaper he was wearing to children. Small children. <laughs>
1: So wait, he was arrested for showing. He was first of all, he was wearing a diaper and then showing it to small children.
2: Maybe I should back up a little bit. All you know, right. you know, I like, to, you know, I like to wind up the recreational adult diaper wearers. I I have no yeah, beef. I, don't, I have no beef with old people who have to wear a diaper. <laughs>
1: so so you have and, no no beef with people that need. It's necess, You know, it's a necessity for yeah. them to wear depends. The yeah, they have. But you have a problem with the people who fetishize diapers. <laughs> yeah. Why and, is that?
2: I just think they're funny, and I like it when they get all uh, aggravated
1: with people. Might recall like a while ago, Wackerly did a story about this infantilist that was going through people's garbages and taking out the diapers, taking putting the putting soil diapers on, yeah. and masturbating in them.
2: Yeah, they claimed that that's not infantilism. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, I, but you went off and you got in this big like flame war with the infantilists. <laughs> I think it was and on YouTube. <laughs> I, just, I don't understand what's your, what's your beef with these guys. If you want to wear a fucking diaper, what, what's, what's wrong with that? It just
2: makes me laugh that they get so angry when, I, when they perceive me as mischaracterizing their fetish. <laughs> um, I guess they think I make it sound creepier than it is or something, but I'm, I'm going to instill a new personal rule in that. I will do any diaper fetish related story, no matter how many I do, no matter how old and boring it gets. I'm just keep- to
1: rile the diaper fetishes. I just, and the, rep- vendetta. the
2: repetition is also funny to me.
1: <laughs> um, I well, think, this guy, uh, 30, you might have a fetish. There, he's 31
2: be. years old, younger than you and I by a couple of years uh he was arrested for showing let me say this again he was wearing a diaper and he showed it to children and i'll get into the mechanics of how this happened a little more later um but it's not the first time because in 2000 he was convicted for a si- similar crime and he served a jail time and he was placed on the utah sex offender registry this ha-
1: happened in a place called east mill creek utah um uh, so was he mormon I would assume so. so these are go- like the the Mormon special underwear. I wonder if that Mormon chick they who was diapers to the show,
2: who doesn't live in Utah, she lives in California. I wonder if she knows this guy.
1: Um, <laughs> she seems to be someone that would hang out with dudes that wear diapers. Well,
2: maybe she didn't know. Maybe she just thought he had like kind of a bulky ass. <laughs> His alias on the sex offender registry it, is. I don't. Does everybody get an alias, or just? I don't know why you do But you can't alias. use
1: your real... They don't put out their real name? No, I'm
2: sure he has his real name, but he also has an alias. I mean, what's the point of the registry if it's not his real name? What's his alias? Boy Diaper. <laughs> and was Diaper Boy taken? Isn't that more natural? What Did they mean to put Boy, Boy, comma Diaper? Like, do you like think it, last yeah, name, first Yeah, you think they're saying, name? like,
1: surname first, followed by uh, first name? It's I'm not odd. sure. It's odd. Boy
2: Diaper. I mean, that's kind of like a superhero name. Like, but even Diaper Boy is better for a superhero. What already. are his powers? I, he can fill up an entire diaper with a single... (laughs) In a blink of an eye. Single grunt. (laughs) And and actually, in February also, he was charged with 11 counts of lewdness for exposing himself to young boys.
1: I'm glad that this guy's let out in public. Well, and I'll get
2: to that a little bit later, too. A couple of the kids uh, who were exposed, a couple of their parents said... He always had a big bag on him with diapers in it, and he would ask the kids if they wanted to see it, and he would pull out his shirt up and pull his pants down to show that he was wearing a diaper in addition to the bag full of diapers. And I would think, (laughs) boy diaper? No. Diaper Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Diaper Santa's here. Surprise! This big bag of diapers. How old were these children? Oh, uh, I don't think it says, but I'm Are they assuming. toddlers? No, because they're telling their parents what happens. I would assume they're like five, between five and nine or something like if, that. If I was like nine. I don't think if, you could get yourself off showing diaper your diaper to any children older than that if you're this type if of If I was nine
1: years old, I would have given him a swift kick in his diaper-clad nuts. I seriously would have. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, But I think it's kind
2: it, of like padding. I mean, he might come after you. It's, it's hard to get a good kick into the nuts when a guy has like a yeah. bunch of huggies <laughs> out in between your foot and his balls. Um, yesterday, sheriff investigators said Bagnus came to the Evergreen Rec Center in East Mill Creek where he allegedly exposed his diaper to children. I like how at this point it's just accepted that he has a diaper. <laughs> like, oh, you know, his diaper, he showed it to him. And people He's are like, what diaper? diaper. And like, Do you know who we're talking about? What do you mean, what diaper? We're talking
1: about a 31-year-old man here, dude. <laughs> we're talking about Diaper Santa.
2: Obviously, he has a diaper. Keep up with the story, people. <laughs> Um, this kid, well, he's 31. I guess he's not a kid, but he does live with his parents. His mom seems a little bit in denial about what's going on. She claims that her son suffers from dyslexia.
1: Yeah, that makes people want to wear diapers at the age of 31. (laughs) And and expose
2: themselves to children. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's a horrible disease. Also, <laughs> it's very debilitating. Also,
2: he was this guy should speak to you know uh, schools and children with dyslexia. Be yeah. like a Go around to elementary speaker. schools. Yeah, preschool. he also was a victim of bullying during school. His well, mom claims that he never recovered, and she, I'm quoting her here, she says that maybe his happiest times. Or when he was a child and so he has this fixation with children, says Mari Bagnus his
1: mom. I think his mom is oblivious to the fact that her son is a pervert.
2: Yeah, a petize.
1: Yeah, a, well a pedophile for Whatever. sure. Uh,
2: in regards to the diaper he is seen wearing, some more denial coming out. So, here right so here.
1: what does his girlfriend think about all this?
2: <laughs> I'm sure she wants him to stop as soon as possible again with the diaper man it's called foreplay you were supposed to take me to see batman 2 <laughs> and i told you not, expressly not to wear the diaper this time and now you've got the diaper his mom says that uh the diaper is actually and i'm quoting again oh that's another problem that's a physical problem <laughs> no he likes to wear the diaper because he's an infantilist and he likes to shit himself and show it to kids
1: yeah i think it's somewhat related. come on
2: lady um, another neighbor, Get with the program. another neighbor, one of the uh, moms with one of these kids who was exposed says, "It's frustrating to see the system doesn't work. It's only a matter of time before someone else." He just grosses me out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's what the neighbor said. Yeah,
2: and the district it attorney. This is the best line of that story. The district attorney says, "Our hands are tied. That's the law. No matter how many counts of lewdness (parentheses), this it can't be enhanced to a felony." and she's saying that he can only be put in prison up to a year and you know he's already done the prison so but i guess he could get another year for doing this after he's been in
1: jail right well i think it's going to be a necessity for him to wear diapers after he gets out of prison probably for a year
2: oh maybe it is a physical problem yeah <laughs> eventually yeah i don't think he's going to like maximum security where there's a lot of ass can you right imagine
1: there. having that guy for your roommate
2: well, at least he wouldn't be messing up the toilet.
1: <laughs> but you know what, though? It doesn't surprise me that he was beat down in uh, junior high and college. Lots I mean, of people high were beat school. down,
2: and they don't sh- you know, run around shitting themselves. Yeah, but
1: dude, let's just say, put yourself in junior high, and there's a dude wearing a diaper, and he's like 13.
2: I don't think he wore the—oh, you're assuming he had this problem <laughs> back then. Well,
1: yeah, dude. I mean, this isn't something you just suddenly, like— develop and later years you're
2: you're sort of backing up his mom's theory that this is a physical shitting problem no my theory my
1: theory is that he might be a never nude think about that maybe he never wants to be nude because he can't be nude
2: so he can't pull his pants down to use the toilet
1: so he wears a diaper
2: so that would but but follow this through so he never changes the diaper
1: (laughs) Really quickly. <laughs> it's like his mom helps him with it. A colostomy
2: bag <laughs> a colostomy bag would be a never-nude's best friend. I'm just saying he's right? a never-nude a because dialysis, he can wear... A dialysis machine?
1: He doesn't want to be nude. He doesn't want to show off his private, so he's always wearing that probably underneath his underwear.
2: Right. Uh, why wouldn't he just always wear underwear? Or a Speedo. I, I get, or a cut-off.
1: <laughs> so on the sick or wrong star scale... The fact that he's, I guess he's not really exposing himself to children. He's exposing his diaper to children. And kids see diapers all the time because they used to wear them. So really, is it all that sick?
2: Depends if the diaper has a brown stain on it. Yeah,
1: I mean, if he's masturbating while doing this, I'd be like, yeah, that guy is a sick bastard and he deserves to be in prison for the next 20 years. But he's just, you know, walking around you know, traumatizing children left and right. I'm going to give that three stars. Um,
2: yeah, okay. Uh, three and a half. Three and a
1: half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. But I think that is the first of Wackerly's series of diaper fetishist stories. No, no
2: I think I've done two before. This is the first in the Acknowledge series. In the so Acknowledge series. Third in series. the series overall, but three in the Acknowledge series.
1: So, I think uh, my story here for episode 137 is um, quite a contrast to yours, there, going <laughs> Hunchbacks killed for ritual purposes. My story what takes place. My story takes place in Fargo, North Dakota. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually I meant so. <laughs> I meant Ghana, Africa. It takes place in Ghana, which you know, I almost want to want to disqualify this story because you Africa should not even count. In our sick and wrong stories, because disqualify, sick and wrong is a way of life for them.
2: Disqualify is too harsh. It's you just want to handicap it. Okay, like I, give I should it handicap a negative this one story. point that that starts out with.
1: Well, because it's already Africa, and just sick and wrong things happen in Africa every minute. I think it's like it's a perpetual sick and wrong continent.
2: Yeah, children are, come out of their mother's womb like carrying a rusty machete.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they're raped immediately as soon as they come out. And, and then, then they like the thrown in a fire and they eat him. Yeah. yeah, and they eat their leg. I mean, yeah. it's just that, that, but that. But then again, like people in Africa are like, yeah, you know, that happens in Sudan.
3: Such
2: is life, you know? <laughs> Don't be culturally insensitive. Yeah.
1: Now in Fargo, North Dakota, this would be a five star. So the Ghana police are appealing to the public to assist them to unravel an emerging gruesome phenomenon. There are of hunchbacks being allegedly killed and their humps removed for suspected ritual purposes mm. this is interesting to me because i didn't know you could actually cut off the hump you can
2: cut anything off dude
1: yeah but isn't the hump i thought like being a hunchback actually i actually had to look this up it's a, it's caused by a curvature of the upper spine right so are you cutting off the spine or are you just cutting off the skin on top of the spine
2: I would think the spine, because you want the hump to be preserved, right, With for your souvenir.
1: To do the humpty you hump?
2: You don't want just some skin. Got <laughs> to come out of anything.
1: So even those who die naturally, according to police, have their bodies exhumed and the humps removed. <laughs> I'm just surprised there's so many hunchbacks there at first when I read this. And then I was thinking, well, it's Africa, and that happens all the time. <laughs>
2: It's good to hear the elephants
1: are getting a break. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like the ivory. It's just like the ivory trade now. We're in the humpback trade now. You know? Uh, within a spate of seven months, January to July, nine alleged murders have been recorded within the Ghana and its environs. The mysterious murders have involved missing people who are later found with parts of their body organs, such as the heart missing. The suspicion of the community is that the humps removed from the victims are used for ritual purposes because of the strange belief that the blood is potent.
2: Well I've heard that it's lucky to rub a
1: hunchback's hump,
2: right? Is that from a Simpsons or something? <laughs> you know, I, I wonder
1: if that is. <laughs> Have you ever actually done that? No, I hate that. I don't dance. like to touch I hate them. The I dance. I think they're unsightly beasts, seriously. <laughs> Assistant superintendent of police here said this month alone, two hunchbacks have been murdered in uh, Bibiani, Ghana, while the body of a hunchback woman was exhumed and and uh, the hunch cut off. So have you already
2: established that there's actually more hunchbacks in Africa than there are anywhere else? Because I really don't see
1: that many. Well, no, but any, you know, you I think the there truth. are because it's Africa. Just yeah. like in Mexico, you'll get like you know the baby born with Harold, the hirsute babies born yeah. with Harold in uh, or in Mexico. They're
2: drinking unsanitary water, and there's like uranium mines all over the place,
1: and AIDS everywhere with monkeys having sex with them. I mean, that that happens in Africa. It's just that's a way of life. Yeah. Don't <laughs> judge, know, don't judge, dude. This might just be a semantic argument here, but why do they say the hunch cut off, and why don't they call them hump? backs because it's a hump it's not a hunch like i got a hunch that it's not a hump i mean do, do you know what i'm saying why I, are they called hunchbacks when I, they're not I, called humpbacks? i have
2: no more wordplay with the hunch versus hump <laughs> thing. i think you i think you covered it sufficiently I,
1: i'm just saying it's confusing <laughs> and yeah i think uh-huh. and i
2: agree but i have nothing to add
1: <laughs> <laughs> so apparently uh, one of the victims yakubu busanga went missing for about two weeks They eventually found his body It had been concealed in a sack and dumped at a refuse site. The body had begun to decompose, but they transported it to a mortuary. And how do
2: they know he was a hunchback if the hunch has been cut off?
1: Well, they said that people knew him through the community as a hunchback. Because, you know, I mean, there aren't that many. It's a
2: miracle! (laughs) He's not a hunchback, but he's dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He said the captors tied the man's neck with a rope and then cut off the hump. I don't know. I, I guess this has become kind of an epidemic thing. And uh, police are now investigating the killings. Observers note that the horrible killings of people with natural afflictions have recently been reported all the way in Tanzania as well, another country in Africa. Tanzania. Tanzania. I I call it Tanzania (laughs) because, uh, you know, I don't care about the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Right, That's a good reason. At least 25 people with albinism. Have been killed this year, mostly albinos? in
2: albinos. The... Is that what we're yeah, talking about?
1: Yeah, and mostly in the Lake Victoria zone. Uh, they're being killed because local witch doctors say their body parts provide the potent ingredient for magic charms, which many local people use to bring success in uh, love making.
2: That's the last time I ever eat that cereal. <laughs> what magic charms? Magic I charms? Used to like Lucky it, charms? But... You mean? Oh, oh, okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> but no, you know what? You know what I was thinking? It's like okay, so. In the USA, if we can't get an erection, we go get Viagra. Yeah. But in Africa, if you can't get an erection, you use albino body parts. So, what's, what's Viagra made from? That, that's what ah. I'm wondering. <laughs> I uh, wonder if it's right? like crushed up albino. You don't know. That. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do wonder. That's
2: <laughs> what you're getting in that little blue pill that costs $10 a piece. When
1: they find the bodies, they're left limbless and sometimes with a huge hole in the neck from where the blood may have been drained. Uh, probably by Pfizer to make more Viagra. Yeah. I'll, so, I'll go with that. You know, it's it's like on the sick and wrong star scale, it's pretty disgusting that someone who already has like a deformity like that is being persecuted even more and killed because of some kind of crazy ritualistic belief that their hunchback would make them more potent lovers or, or what yeah. have you. Yeah, And so I want to say the fact that they cut off the, the hump and, uh, you know, it, it would cause their loved ones to grieve because they see the state of the body after the body is found – but, dude, you know, I, I really don't like hunchbacks. I mean, I'm talking about – have you ever seen the ones that roam around the loin?
2: Uh, The crackhead ones?
1: <laughs> There's this crackhead woman. I know we've seen her when you're smoking outside the studio. She's bent over. She's got this, like I mean, – she's got an impressive hump, I would say, on her back. And she always walks around begging for cigarettes, begging for money, but she she violates your personal space. And the other day I was walking home kind of drunk from the bar on Sunday after uh, – well, I mean, P-town technically,
2: <laughs> you say they violate your personal space. Her feet are like five feet away from you. It's just her face; it's like three inches. From because your she's face. bent over, like a right,
1: like a forty, you know, a ninety degree angle. Yeah, exactly. It's disgusting. But the other day, I was walking back. I was kind of drunk, and she just stepped in front of me. I kind of, I kind of tried to go around the, the side of her. She Head stepped butt. in front of me again. <laughs> Headbutt. And she was like, "Do you want a blowjob?" She actually <laughs> asked me if I wanted a blowjob, and I looked at her, and I was just thinking. I guess you wouldn't even have to bend over <laughs> because you know. I my, mean, really, my dwarfish member, because <laughs> you could <laughs> how, reach your mouth.
2: How you would even be able? To, you would get to see the spine curve even more. Weren't you interested? <laughs> No, I was disgusted.
1: (laughs) But she's just this unsightly troll woman. You said you were drunk. (laughs) But what I'm saying is I wouldn't mind if there's more ritualistic murdering of hunchbacks over here in the Tenderloin. So because of that reason, I think they might be doing society a favor. I'm giving it four stars.
2: That's where you and me disagree. I I think it's time for the establishment of an NAAHP.
3: (laughs) The National (laughs)
2: Association for the Advancement of Hunchback People. And I think it should be not just national because they need it in Africa too. So. so,
1: wait, are you basically saying that you would have gotten the blowjob from the hunchback?
2: No confidence. <laughs>
1: All right, so you what? You would have been,
2: you know, the spine is already curved, and to see it curve even more, it's like you only get a chance to witness this type of uh, phenomenon you know, every so often.
1: Yeah, I guess it is kind of rare. Every time you have sex with a circus freak. <laughs> <laughs> so on the star scale, what are you giving it here?
2: Would you get a hand job from the lobster boy?
1: <laughs> I would. I wouldn't mind a midget female's hands on my member, but I think we've talked about that yeah. before.
2: We'd make it seem very large. I give it uh for for hump hump theft.
1: Hump theft <laughs> Doing the Humpty Hump. I wish
2: we actually knew what the humps were being used for. Maybe they're just being used. They just to... said they're potent, so. Yeah, I... maybe they're just actually using them to sit on.
1: Yeah, like that could chair. be. Like a, bean bag a chair. Like a beanbag chair kind of thing? Yeah, a stoop. Well, see, if, the, if that was the case, I would give it, like, probably two stars because that's kind of a good thing because people don't like to stand all the time.
2: No, especially if you're running around in the yeah. belt.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and it's not like they're using the hump for anything. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. But before we get to that, we got a great listener submission here from Matt over in Australia. He says, this is way not right, and therefore I thought of your excellent podcast. Uh, By the way, please get more stories on Death by Puppies. Uh, Parents offer up five-year-old for sex. A couple in San Antonio, Texas, are accused of trying to trade sex with a woman's five-year-old daughter... For an apartment, a used car, and child care for the woman's 10-month-old daughter. You know, I'm surprised. Like, don't you think you could get more, you know, than an apartment, a used car, and child care for a 5-year-old white child?
2: Well, I assume these people live below the poverty line. And there are things called, like, welfare programs, (laughs) Section (laughs) 8.
1: adoption agencies.
2: Yeah, adoption agencies, you know, uh, food stamps. That's there, sort of are thing. you just saying
1: sex is a last resort, selling your child for sex? Yeah. I'm assuming there's
2: drugs involved. Yeah. <laughs> the thinking isn't clear.
1: <laughs> there usually are. Uh, Jennifer Richards, uh, 25 years old, and her married boyfriend, Sean Michael Block, 40, appeared before the judge last Thursday. Meaning Sean Michael Antonio Block is Texas. married to some other woman? Yes, he's a married boyfriend, oh. the best kind.
2: That's something that's common in Texas. <laughs> this is my married boyfriend, this is my other boyfriend. He's a good man.
1: <laughs> Wearing her gingham skirt. Richards is charged with using interstate facilities to transmit information about a minor. So the long-winded charge there. Block is charged with distributing child pornography. That's the married boyfriend. Uh, The investigation began when an informant told the FBI about a text message that was allegedly sent by Block, the married boyfriend, which read, nice piece, five years old, belongs to my GF, girlfriend, and she wants to sell it.
2: (laughs) non-married girlfriend. (laughs) Non-married
1: girlfriend. And I love the fact that he goes, she wants to sell it. Um, He he doesn't even specify that it's actually male or female. It's just the pronoun it. Uh Uh-huh. So it could have had Down syndrome. Uh, Richards and Block crafted a deal that in addition to the apartment and used car, not a new car, used car.
2: He specified.
1: Included child care for the uh, the woman's 10-month-old daughter, whose sexual service the couple intended to sell later.
2: When she <laughs> matured to a ripe age of five. Of five.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richards was of the belief, the the, mo- the mother here, was that these sexual interactions would be a positive experience for her five-year-old daughter. Really? And uh, So why
2: demand the apartment and the used car? Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm surprised. Yeah, it's a learning experience. And she claimed that she would receive sexual gratification from watching. Uh, definitely earns the Mother of the Year Award. Authorities said the children were no longer in the woman's custody and that neither child was actually sold for sex. After reviewing computers that the couples used and listening to tape conversations, um, the, uh, Rex Miller here, the FBI agent, determined that Blanc and Richards were making further plans to abduct, rape, and carve up a teenage runaway as well. I find that interesting. So they were going through their computers and listening to tape conversations. So when do you think you have those type of conversations? I mean, usually when you're in a relationship, you talk about what's for dinner, you know, what you're going to watch on TV, you know who? Yeah,
2: but I'm not taping any of those conversations. Well, I... no,
1: the FBI was, must have been taping this. So you couple. think they
2: placed a bug in the in the apartment?
1: I imagine after they intercepted the text message about the sale <laughs> of the five year old, they probably were suspicious um, a bit.
2: Yeah, I, I don't have those but kind of conversations.
1: It's just kind of strange that they're just sitting there and being like, "So I'm bored. You want to go abduct and rape and carve up a teenage runaway? Uh, I'm not really into carving up, but abduct, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Apparently, the couple worked at a cheesecake factory at the North Star <laughs> Mall, uh, where he was a bartender and she was a waitress. The beginning of a beautiful How love. old are
2: these two
1: Cretans? Uh, the mother here, the Cretan female, <laughs> is 25 years old, and her married boyfriend was 40. <laughs> so, uh, a great relationship there. I
2: was gonna give them a little bit of a pass, because she's 25, you know, but, uh. Just trying to like creep each other out, but he's
1: 40. That's just weird. Working over at the Cheesecake Factory As a at 40. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, real winner. Uh, so, on the second wrong, <laughs> the sick and wrong star scale, the intent was there. I mean, they they actually even, I mean, there wasn't even an intention. I mean, they actually did deliberately, you know, they sent out the text message. They were planning on selling the five year old for sex for a used car.
2: And who, who was on the other end of this text message? The an FBI, FBI agent, uh, yeah.
1: Who baited Stooge, them.
2: Stooge, whatever you want to call it. Obviously,
1: uh, you're, you're not a criminal mastermind when you work at the Cheesecake Factory. No. So I'm going to give this a four. I don't care how many cheesecakes 25. you steal. <laughs> I'm giving it a 4.25 just because she said that she thought the kid would benefit from this sexual experience.
2: Oh, uh, that's pretty high. That's like the score that you would give it if something happened.
1: Yeah, I guess you have a good point I'm giving there. it a 4. All right, I'm lowering mine to a four now.
2: Four, and and mostly that's just for retardation, you know, like an apartment and a used what, <laughs>
1: and a used car, Ford a part- Escort, I don't apartment, know. a used car, and a childcare for the ten-month-old child who is going to be sold in the sex. Yeah, slavery who's going to be raped
2: once it's five? So yeah. I don't know how much care it actually needs.
1: I'm giving it four stars. Yeah, four for mostly for retardation. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has a to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won. Episode 137. <laughs> Feel free to call the Sick and Wrong Junk Dial line. You think that dial a slut chick is busy? All now. 206 666
2: 3846.
1: At 206 666 3846. Can I help you, sir? Wackerly, well, we're nearing the end of the show, and as usual, we tend to get to uh, listener email, phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. People call the hotline, 206-666-3846. Got a bunch of emails and a few phone calls to get through, so um, yeah, why don't we start off with call number one here? All right. What's
2: up, Sick and Wrong Podcast? It's your boy, Clover
1: Killer, a.k.a. Texas Rebel. Yeah, that's right. I didn't change my name. Represent where I'm from. That's what I'm all about. All the sick shit comes from here. She number one Texan fan. Oh, Kendra, by the way, I want to see
2: your pussy. <laughs> Texas mating call.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, what? Was it, did he just say, okay, I'm a Texas rebel and something else? Like, I'm number one, a lot of sick shit happens in Texas. Number Kendra, I want to see your fan? pussy. Yeah. Oh, okay, number one Texan fan. Kendra, I want to see your pussy.
2: Yeah, that was the gist of it. Okay.
1: And so then he called back, and we get we got another phone call here from the Clover Killer. Yeah, this is Clover Killer. You can disregard that message last night, at least the last part of it. Thanks. <laughs> Drunken remorse. So, so what I'm trying to figure out here, which part are we supposed to disregard? The fact that he's the Texan rebel, the number one no, Texan fan. That was the middle fan? part.
2: That was or, the middle part okay,
1: okay, the part that he wants to see Kendra's pussy
2: Yeah, that would be the last part
1: So suddenly did he have like his conscience set in And he was like, what did I just do? I just called a podcast and demeaned a woman
2: <laughs> That's not very Texan <laughs> It doesn't me. sound
1: very Texan So we're, we're supposed to disregard the part where he wanted to see Kendra's pussy, right?
2: Uh, I think that that's what he's getting at. He didn't right. say delete it. He just said disregard it. Disregard it. So strike okay. it from the record.
1: So people disregard the part where Clover Killer wanted to see Kendra's pussy.
2: So I assume if she were to offer it to the Texas Rebel, he would say he would demure.
1: I, I don't know if he would be opposed <laughs> if it was offered. But maybe just the demand yeah. probably was, uh, you know, he had qualms about that. Well, thank thanks Clover Killer for calling in. Uh, call number two here. Hey. How are you guys doing? Uh, This is one of your
3: six gay listeners (laughs) calling. Uh, I've always wanted to call the Sick Wrong hotline, but I didn't have a reason. Then tonight I was thinking about it. And I figured, you know, I have a question that's been in my mind for a while now, and if anyone would be appropriate to call and ask this question, it would be, you two interesting, sick motherfuckers. So, anyways, I was wondering if, uh, you know, you two being, uh, you know, certifiably straight, but obviously finding the humor enough in gay guys to be gay friendly and enjoying, you know, getting a laugh at our expense in a nice way.
2: I'm glad that somebody recognizes our true uh, motives for being gay friendly, that we just find it hilarious.
1: Yeah, yeah, that we we like to get a laugh at their expense. It's pretty immature,
2: actually.
3: (laughs) Anyways, I'm wondering if there's any circumstance in which you guys would ever let another guy give you a blowjob. And the reason (laughs) I ask is because... Uh, I have only gone down on four guys in my life, and two of them have been, you know, straight, certifiably straight, like I say. And I'm wondering if I'm just extremely lucky, or if, you know, you guys will just let pretty much any mouth touch you down there. Um, so, is there any circumstance, like you know, you're liquored up, and your girlfriend's out of town, and some guy comes over and says, "Hey, you know, lay down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down on you." So, anyways, uh, debate that out and get your listeners involved. I'm curious to know if uh, if straight guys are a bunch of uh, desperate. Flat
1: two one head. All right, bye. <laughs> you, you, know, Do you want to feel that first? You know, I, I'm, I'm yeah. I, I really don't quite know how to answer that. Other than the fact that no, I don't think I've ever been horny enough to uh, say, "Hey, dude, I'd love a blowjob from you." Never like,
2: have been, but would you? Can you envision yourself being? No, That's I. His question. Well, you
1: know, I've been in that scenario before.
2: Oh, you've been offered.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, like I remember when, uh, this is a long time ago, I was 20 years old, I was living in Chicago for the summer with my brother. And my brother had this friend, like probably one of the gayest individuals I've ever met. He was an Irish dude named Dara. And Dara, I, apparently, I don't know if he was kicked out of his place. I know he, was, he had a sugar daddy that he lived with, and I think he was staying with my brother for a week. And so we were both hanging out, and Dara went and bought a bunch of alcohol. We got wasted, and uh, we were hanging out waiting for my brother to come home. And he must have asked me probably 15 times if I wanted a blowjob.
2: <laughs> in quick succession or over the, no, the duration? No, no of he, the would, night. he
1: was just like, We're sitting there drinking. He's like, So, in his Irish, like really gay voice, which I can't do, he was like, So, you want a blowjob? And I'm like, No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, thank you. And then, like, well, maybe. Well,
2: from a chick, if you know a girl is going to come over. Well, yeah, uh, if
1: he was a hot chick, of course, I would have been like, yeah, sweet blowjob, cool. But no, it, it's like, you know, 10 minutes later. So how about that blowjob? It's just like, nah, dude. I I still don't want a blowjob from you.
2: Right, but in his defense, you're you're drinking more in between each time he asks the question, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably what he was thinking. He's saying, "Do you want a
2: blowjob now? (laughs) Now do you want one?"
1: (laughs) But no, but so my my reasoning, my rationale on this is okay. So we're okay, certifiably straight guys. I can understand that. But the thing is with blowjobs, I think straight guys. And gay men have a different conception of what a blowjob means. So for us, when we get a blowjob from our girlfriends, it's kind of like, you know, especially when you're in a long-term relationship, it's not something that happens every day. It's not like we can get oh, a blowjob no. anytime we ask. It's <laughs> no, something that happens no. maybe on our birthday, maybe Valentine's Day, maybe when you take her out for that special dinner. It's a once in a, it's a, it's like an on occasion kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Even, Where, then, even then, even on your birthday, you're like shoving down on her head. Yeah. Like to just, just
1: be like trying to mustard. enjoy it as much as you can. Whereas like with gay men, at least, at least this is what my brother explained to me. A blowjob is kind of like a handshake. It, It just happens all the time.
2: But this guy says he's only gone down in four dudes. And then, I bet you and, he's a young gay man. And fifty percent, two of them were certifiably straight.
1: Certifiably straight—that's a great term. If yeah. you're if you're getting a blowjob from a dude, you, I you're don't not, think you're certifiable.
2: You lose your certification. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: your certification's kind of lost. So so, what about you, Wackerly? In in a, in a situation when you're completely intoxicated and uh, you bring some dude back to your apartment, which I imagine happens <laughs> all the time, and the guy's like, "So, how about a blowjob?"
2: Uh, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is a common gay misconception that e- every guy out there can be turned just given the right uh, opportunities. And I don't think it's, uh, and I actually don't just describe it to gay men. I think straight men do this with lesbians. You know, you know a lesbian who you think is kind of hot and she's a lesbian and you accept that. But we- in the back of your head, you're always thinking, well, if we were in my apartment and I dropped my pants, uh, we'd probably have sex. And I bet you she How could she not enjoy it? Because I'm just such a stud. I think
1: with me, she would just reaffirm her lesbianism. Yeah, you don't, you don't suffer under
2: this misconception <laughs> is what you're saying?
1: No, yeah, I, I definitely don't. I, I, I can understand that. But, no, I see what you're saying there. So it's, it's like I think gay guys think – you know what? I think it's like a gay fantasy because uh, one, one of the magazines I have to do at work is uh, Playgirl – Yeah. Which is just a joy in itself. But uh, Playgirl magazine, which I don't think is read by any straight woman, they have all these ads for porn, like this gay porn company that just does straight guys. These are all straight guys that are doing gay porn. Right. And it's just like, okay, so I think they have this fantasy. So they're like in
2: the porn, they're watching sports at a sports bar. And the next thing you know. They get drunk and the next thing you know, they're they're buggering each other.
1: And the one guy's like, how about a blowjob? (laughs) So,
2: so I'm far too repressed to like (laughs) have an erection while a guy's going down on me. I think a better question would be, and first of all, I think you'd have to say no if you were blindfolded and you're just getting a blowjob from what you think is a woman and it's actually a man. Do you think you could tell? So, kind of like
1: clean shaven, the Pepsi Coke test, yeah, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, that that is interesting. But you know what? And I, then what if you what
2: if you're about to climax and the blindfold is immediately whipped off and you know it's
1: like Grizzly Adams down there. So, so does that mean you're gay immediately? No, would or you, do would you lose you, your certification? Would you, cli- would
2: you would you climax? You know, given one more minute of blowing,
1: <laughs> and that you realize Willie Nelson's on the uh, yeah. the other end. Yeah, yeah. Or, or let's even know.
2: you know it doesn't have to be some old country singer <laughs> with a huge beard and a bandana. What if it's, uh, you know, our go-to uh,
1: Johnny man- Depp? Yes. Yeah, I still think it would just kill it for me.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even get a blowjob. Maybe
1: I'm so certifiably straight, I wouldn't even get a blowjob from Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow. That's pretty. Straight. I would say no. Yeah, I would say no. But you know what? I agree with uh, this this listener here. We should pose this question to the uh, to the listening audience on the forum. Are there any male listeners to our podcast here? That would be drunk enough to have a blowjob, get a blowjob from a guy.
2: What if you were in prison for 20 years?
1: <laughs> All right. Well, then that's yeah, that's extenuating circumstances. It's <laughs> just prison it sex. It's different. <laughs> so uh, wow. you're going to have to go sign up on the forum and uh, find out the answer to this question. But thanks for calling in. And uh, yes, the answer is an unequivocal no.
2: But I think the greater answer is probably there's a lot more guys who are not certifiably straight that you maybe think would be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, uh, call number three here.
0: Hello, D. Hello, Lance. This oh, what a is voice. Ted calling you from the 51st state, and that would, of
3: course, be Canada. Anyhow, calling
0: in, I, I've, I called in once before, and it was in response to embarrassing sex stories. It was the episode with the fucked up sounds. So you might not remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I recanted the tale of the I time a particular the maneuver put my then girlfriend oh, into a hip to ankle cast for the duration of a summer and that was rough that was a rough summer for me too anyhow i uh, just wanted to respond to your latest episode 136 the big debate over the used condom in the big wa- in the whopper versus the you know the shitty dishwater um, in the back that the dispatches are being washed in your story i'm gonna go week. with the condom man 10 times out of
2: So he would rather eat a burger with a condom on it, a used condom, rather than eat a burger that had been flipped with a spatula, that had been washed in In a sink, and
1: somebody
0: had washed his ass in.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to hear his explanation of this assertion.
0: (laughs) Times out of ten, that would be the best day ever, I'm telling you, because think about it. This dude would probably get get a
1: blowjob from a guy.
0: You get this condom in your Whopper, man. What's the first thing you're gonna do? Well, I'm gonna be shoving that fucking thing right in the guy with the red shirt's face, or whatever shirt's different that makes him the boss. That's gonna be right in his fucking face. And the next thing is gonna be a phone call to the lawyer. I mean, dudes, the king has got deep pockets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he does. I've taken the condom. Yeah, and that verse. He's got a point some, there.
2: Some, he's gonna save the condom like uh, you know Monica Lewinsky saved the
1: dress. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he's already bitten into it. All right. So he's already tasted the used condom. Yeah. So what, The but, outside or the inside? Well, no, because the, the outside <laughs> is,
2: you know, lady juices.
1: Well, yeah, I guess the outside wouldn't be that bad. If but he bit through
2: it and got the lady juices and the latex and the baby batter.
1: Then it would be kind of disgusting, yeah. Extra mayonnaise on the whopper. But I agree with so, him, though. It's a financial incentive here, a motive. Right.
2: And, and I guess, well, we'll let him finish.
0: Some indescribable finite amount of fecal matter that has ended up on the spatula and therefore in my food somehow I won't even know yeah give me the money anyhow uh, I was going to sign off by saying uh, you know I just killed a bitch but then I rethought that I, I, I don't think that's something you want to be going out over the intertubes man because you know those NSA boys there you got they went hog wild with all their new powers didn't they so We've got to be careful what we say. The Patriot God, act. help me if uh, some that woman... It's thing called
2: Echelon that like records everything that's on the internet, and they can always pin it back
0: on you.
1: Is it true, though? I mean, does that really happen? I believe it, yeah. God, I think we're going down then.
0: Some woman, some bitch dies here within 30-kilometer radius. Sorry, mile radius. Um, what's going to happen next? Oh, this guy here, me in the middle. I'm on a fucking Sick and Wrong podcast talking about how there's a bitch there that I killed. Well, we'll just put them two together, and uh, we'll call it a day. So, anyhow, you got us scared, so we can't really joke around too much. Enjoy hearing about the shitty world we live in, and uh, I know that's a lot of praise for a couple of fucktards over there in Oakland or San Francisco or wherever the hell place you live in. I can't keep up. Anyhow, we're really loving the show, You know, loving the hear about the events of the week. Keep it up, guys. Later.
1: Well, uh, thank you, Ted. And he actually, makes a good case. Yeah, well, you can rest assured here that it, the guy actually killed a fish, um, <laughs> not a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We were, we were hoping for the, the former. But um, Ted actually does the Horror Etc. podcast, which we link to right off our MySpace page. And it's a damn good podcast. You can check it out. That's for the one where they— Doesn't that guy have, have a great review. radio voice?
2: Yeah. Canadian, too. You, I wouldn't have been able to tell if, unless he would have said he was from Canada. But
1: um, They fear the intertubes <laughs> in Canada, don't they?
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I think he does make a good case. And then, and I also sort of started thinking about it. There's probably fecal matter on the burger anyways.
1: Yeah, dude. Those those dudes go to the bathroom. They don't wash their hands. Who, who There's a sign, that sign in there that
2: says, tells them to, but I don't think they, they pay th- attention They to don't
1: it. wash their hands. I don't think they ever do. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, but you know I, I, what I do wonder? Is if you did get that condom and you shoved it at the manager's face and you kept that burger... How do you, how do you prove it? I mean, how many chance, I mean, how many times? Like, what's the probability that you're going to end up like walking with five million dollars from that?
2: The condom burger or the shit burger? I can't remember. what you're The condom about. burger. Pretty good. I you would think, think so? Think, yeah, uh, you because know, they DNA su- test their employees. And suffering. Well, you, they know that you got it in the Burger King burger. You're not suing the employee. You're suing the corporation. But what
1: if it was Rasputin's condom?
2: And you, you're saying you might be able to get more money by selling the <laughs> condom?
1: Or, or like Franklin Delano Roosevelt's condom. <laughs> you know, or JFK's. I think it might be worth a lot more. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ted, for calling in. And people, call the uh, Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is the number. And uh, don't forget to email the Sick and Wrong Podcast at uh, sickwrongpodcast@hotmail.com. Got a couple emails, a couple shout-outs to, uh, to uh, give out here. Uh, we got a few emails from Zach. Uh, from the Random Show podcast, you should check that out, www.therashow.com. It's a pretty good podcast. I enjoy that one as well. And there's a, n- a new one here called Lunatic Fish, which I guess we're going to be linking to. He says, hey, guys, just want to say awesome show. Been listening for about a year now. Joined the forum a while back, although I've only posted twice, being the lazy sod that I am. Um, wondering if there's any chance we get a link to our podcast It's just another one of those two guys getting drunk and talking bollocks cast, but we'd really appreciate the link. It's called Lunatic Fish.
2: At least it's not a dude and his boring fat girlfriend.
1: I know. It actually sounds kind of cool because we're just, uh, you know, two guys that get drunk and talk bollocks as well. (laughs) So lunaticfish.com, and uh, we'll put up a link on our page. Thank you, Marcus, for uh, sending that in. Um. Also, uh finally, here we got another email fr- that I wanted to get to before just to kind of wrap up that whole commentary we had about people 's homes from last week. Uh, we got an email from from uh Shrike, who, if you recall, he had the home in Sweden that I think we are saying he had a lot of Ikea things that um, he liked to shove up his ass yeah they that I think wackerly commented uh, that uh he had a lot of phallic shaped objects in there they liked to shove up his ass so Shrike here wrote in to Wackerly. What the fuck is up with this wankerly character? Hey, dude, I don't know what your fucking problem is, but I'll bet it's hard to pronounce. Nearly nothing in my home is from Ikea, nor did I ever stick any items up in my anus to pleasure myself. <laughs> Go gather your nerdy sci-fi friends and finish off the perfect evening with some Nintendo Wii. Asswipe. <laughs> <laughs> I dude, think You maybe just I pissed will off the Swedes. You just pissed off the Swedes. I, That's I think, weed. Well, I think the best thing about it is his surname is Wang. So um, I think you should heed the warning here for Mr. Wang.
2: Why, why is there a guy named Wang in Sweden? Shouldn't he be in China? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. It, it just, I just love that name. It's like, hey, Mr. Wang. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say without laughing. <laughs> You know, Mr. Wang with all the phallic shaped objects in his house.
2: He seemed he emailed that I think he also posted that response to the forum so I would have thought maybe he was joking but the fact that he emailed it and posted it to the forum makes me think that he is seriously upset.
1: I think you hit close to home with that one.
2: Which which part? The stuff up the butt or the Ikea thing?
1: I, I don't know. They're both equally as bad <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it.
2: And why didn't you uh, concur? Why, why is all this hate directed my way?
1: Because you're the one who brought it up. I would have never have made that observation. I don't look at, the, you know, I'm ob- and dudes helms and think wow that's probably been shoved up his ass oh. you know usually i don't
2: okay well you're certifiably straight
1: <laughs> people check out the sick and wrong forum you can it's linked right off of our main page uh one of the uh funnier recent postings something i put up top 25 men <laughs> not to toot your own horn did, not to Jesus toot my own Christ. horn but did you see that the top 25 men who look like old lesbians yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it was uh, Dana Carvey's on there. Bruce Jenner. I think Kim- it mostly
2: has to do with the hair. The yeah, but hairstyles.
1: These the face too, like Kyle McLaughlin. That guy looks like an old lesbian.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. But
1: the funniest thing about it is that some, maybe
2: lives in Vermont and like makes their own
1: clothes. Yeah, or it, well, the funniest thing about it is uh, so I put up it put up the thread and then a bunch of people make comments. Well, one someone actually wrote, "Where's Lance?" <laughs> <laughs> Because I never really thought that you look like an old lesbian. Uh,
2: I didn't think that either. Somebody <laughs> on the forum does.
1: Apparently, I just thought it was. Is it Strike? <laughs> yeah, it it might be. People, go check out the Zigarong forum. It's a good time. We've had a we've had like over five hundred people on there now, so yeah. a lot of people are posting.
2: But you know how I said maybe two podcasts ago that I liked the forum because. You used to just email me all these bullshit links, and mm-hmm. I would have to re- open them and read them, and this gave you some other place to post them. Now you're posting so much shit on the forum that I don't read those either.
1: Yeah, you don't have to now. <laughs> but, but think about it. I'm not clogging up your email anymore. That's true, yeah. Although that gives me some ideas. <laughs> uh, people also, thank you for all the votes we've been receiving on iTunes. We're doing actually really well now, and uh, we're, we're finally getting some recognition from iTunes. You notice that we're on like the fourth page?
2: Oh, yeah, I know. I know exactly what page you're on. Yeah, but we we got like 45 I check it daily. <laughs> yeah, we,
1: we got like 45 comments, so people, go leave us a comment and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Finally here, we're going to end the show with the sick and wrong song of the week. Uh, it comes from Phantom Maggot. He says, Hello, fellas, this is Phantom Maggot from Wyoming, the proud meth capital of the world. I kind of thought Fresno was.
2: Yeah, I would dispute that until I see some statistics.
1: Yeah. Sending you a submission for song of the week. It is Cars Can Be Blue, the dirty song. And it most certainly is dirty. Enjoy. And I'll be sending you more bizarre songs when I have free time. By the way, I feel that your rating system is not very consistent. (laughs) It would make more sense and make it more challenging if there were defined levels of depravity. For instance, five stars should be the Holocaust, whereas one star would be shoving a little kid so his ice cream falls off the cone. Otherwise, it seems like having a kid fall into a ditch full of hobo shit or a Burger King later attendee bathing in a sink is somewhere in the vicinity of mass genocide, which I believe it is not. Just a suggestion which will probably get misinterpreted by Wackerly and ribbed by Simon. Oh well.
2: What? So I misinterpret things and you make fun of them? That's... Yeah,
1: and I make fun of it.
2: But you know what, dude? We, How we... about
1: zero stars for that email? <laughs> How about yeah. that? Dude, I'm giving you this negative five stars. It's here. been
2: a while since we've had, uh, and we've had them before, uh, a complaint about the inconsistent rating system. With the inconsistent, yeah, rating system. Right. But
1: did not we change the system? You changed the system like a few, a few episodes back. Now we're like thirty episodes back.
2: I changed the system because it was becoming too much work to keep track of all the cuz it was a
1: 10-star system yeah. we lowered it to a 5-star. Five, 5 is star. easier. <laughs> but you know what though where, where where does Phantom Maggot get the audacity to say that he can actually, you know, that, that he can actually rate these stories. We're professionals here there, Maggot. You know, we've been doing this show for what? 2 years now. Yeah. We know what's a 5-star and what's a 3-star. But
2: the argument could be made that we've de- we've been
1: desensitized. Yeah. Or maybe we just do it, you know, because out of just routine.
2: If it really was a calibrated scale, which is what he's asking for, like you you say that this is what a five is, the gold standard, which for him is the Holocaust. Then, you know, every story we have to talk about how it compares to the Holocaust. Yeah, but Really, it's about comparing the stories to each other. It's a competition. It's not, you know... The Kelvin scale of temperature.
1: <laughs> but furthermore, why would we do a story where someone shoves a kid and his ice cream falls off his cone? We're not going to do a one star, you know? Yeah. You know, we're, gonna, we're gonna, a one Yeah, star we're going to do something that's at least a three or above. You know, unless it's really lame. Whereas, I guess, Wackerly's stories of recent kind of fell into that category.
2: Suck it. That. <laughs> How about you get that star <laughs> in your mouth?
1: So, uh, But we are going to end the show with uh, dirty song by Cars Can Be Blue. And I actually listened to the song. And I can honestly say this is the first song that has given me a boner since uh, Crippled Children Suck by The Meat Men. Mm. So check it out. Listen to it, and uh, you know I think you might actually get a boner from it. Thank you, uh, Phantom Maggot, for sending in that uh, fine, fine, boner-inducing song. People, we'll be back next week with episode 138. Until then, take it sleazy. I've begun to class in the lazy country.
2: those eyes and masturbate two three four take